What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, I am your host, Eric, and I am joined by... A very tired Christian and another tired Sam. This will be our second episode we're recording Long time no talk. Yeah. Sam's back feeling good with us. About 90%. So... Ish. Before we get into anything... Do you have any crypt keeping? Yeah, I'm going to just say thank you all for coming along the summer slaughter journey with us again this year. Um, make sure your auto downloads are on because we've noticed a drop, but the streams are still where they're supposed to be. So I'm assuming the downloads aren't happening. So if you guys could please download the episodes and turn your auto downloads on if you're on uh, Apple Music, that uh, that would be great. I would highly appreciate that. That way we can see what episodes you guys like the best so we can keep doing them. Um, That being said, guys, we're on to our second subject of Summer of Slaughter Mm -hmm. for this year. We're going with it. You guys are like banger after banger this week. Yeah. This whole whole season's like mm -hmm. chocked full of good ones. I wish we had time to make a field trip for one of the ones coming up. Well, you know, that kind of brings me into my... The opener to this true crime tourism is on the rise there's places that book like airbnbs out of haunted locations or locations where there's terrible murders happen see like i i want to buy haunted stuff and then you're like no baby we're not gonna do that what if well, i just like i don't collect- want a haunted airbnb being run out of my house just go to an Airbnb. But what yeah. if eventually you want to have a haunted Airbnb? Don't you need well, the stuff? One of us would have to be murdered in the house for that to to work. No, you could have the haunted stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be a museum. Okay. The whole the whole. But I gotta do so, like start doing the collecting. That's not how that works. It's like, hey, this family was murdered brutally and. All their skin was flayed off, and they were hung from the rafters of the the house. And yeah, you'd need that, and be like, "Come stay here." Oh, and then I also threw in some haunted little clown dolls. Oh fuck you! Get out of here. <laughs> so like that, that brings us to who we're talking about today. <laughs> Probably one of the most infamous serial killers, if not the most infamous. Of the gilded age of serial killers, as I will call it. So, basically... Not the golden age, the gilded age? Well, the golden age was, like, your Bundys, your Rodney Alcala's. Earlier than that. So, like, 60s to 80s. Yeah, I would say even 50s. I would say it died off around... era. I would say it died off around the night. Dahmer was probably the last good one. Um, uh, the guilt, like the golden age. Wasn't the golden state killer caught in the early two thousands? Mm-hmm. But he can, that was way after he committed any of his like crimes. He got caught through like DNA testing. He was a cop. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm pretty sure it was the golden state. Yeah, it was one of them. But anyway, today we're talking about H.H. <clears throat> H. Holmes. He's a serial killer that really knew how to make a business out of murder, as we'll come to find out. Mm. 
So, Sam, without further ado, take it away. H.H. H. Holmes is considered to be America's first serial killer. Which we will come to find out that's not actually true, but... We'll go with it. We'll go with it. What What was it, then? Who was it? Uh, I believe it might have been Lavina Fisher. First, That's first female. She predates him. Well... Really? Yeah. Is he the first By male? how long? Like... We'll get into it later. Yeah. So, he also makes a little cameo on American Horror Story Hotel. I Which believe is it's fitting Hotel. Because he did a lot of his murders in a would be motel. Right, but the hotel was modeled after the Cecil. So, yeah. But, you know, same, still same concept. In their, the, yeah. Uh, he was dubbed a, quote, modern bluebeard by William Randolph Hearst, who wrote the New York World. Which we'll have to cover uh, Gil DeRay, or Gilles DeRay, uh, who was the, basically the archetype for bluebeard. Cool. Yeah. He is an American Jack the Ripper, if you will. Or maybe the actual Jack the Ripper. We, never we, we, we won't know. Jasper was in England. He never went to England. Or maybe he did. Harmon Webster Mudgett, a.k.a. Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, a.k.a. H.H. Holmes, is said to have killed as many as 200 people, but would only confess to about 28 of them. He was the most pro one of the most prolific serial killers of the late 19th century. Herman was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16, 1861 to Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price. They were both descendants from English settlers. Herman was one of five children. Levi was a farmer who would double as a trader and a house painter. At a very young age, Herman was said to have had a very high Q and excelled in school. But he was bullied by his classmates pretty frequently. There were signs of what would come to what well, there were signs of what was come what was to come later in Herman's life, though. He would perform surgery on animals and he displayed cruelty towards other smaller children. There are some who are convinced that he is responsible for the death of one of his friends. Yeah, basically there was an accident. They were going swimming. Mm-hmm. And the kid died, and he didn't seem too busted up about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. But the fact that he was performing surgeries on smaller animals, like, he knew from a very young age he wanted to be in the medical field type well, of thing. Yeah. He's driven. Yeah, that's one way to put it. By the age of 16, Herman had graduated high school and had taken a teaching job in Gilmanton, and then another later on in Alton. On July 4th, 1878, he married a woman named Clara Lovering. She was the daughter of an affluent family who Herman would later convince to help pay for his education. Two years later in 1880, Clara would give him a son named Robert. And when Cla whenever Clara got pregnant, that's when their um, relationship shifted. Yeah, because... It was it, mean as shit to her. He, well, he's... a. Sociopath and a psychopath. 
So it, he looks at that child as a burden and an inconvenience. So, which makes her an inconvenience. Yep. Um, so Herman is like 16, maybe 17 when he gets married. Which in that time period was normal. You, you were a fucking man at that point. Yeah. In 1879, at the age of 18, he enrolled in the University of Vermont in Burlington, but left the following year. Two years later, in 1882, he enrolled in the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery, either to get away from his family or because of the school's cutting-edge emphasis on human dissection. Source materials varies. So... This is coming out at the time of like medical advancement upon medical advancement and mm-hmm. how a lot of these doctors would like figure out how the human body worked was they get cadavers and then experiment mm-hmm. on them. And, you know, basically mm-hmm. what people do now when they donate their body to science, mm-hmm. it's that type of thing. Did you know, fun fact, when you would like, if you donated your body to science um, whenever they were done with whatever they were doing, they send your remains back to your family with no fucking warning. Huh. So I get you back. You would in get me back. whatever kind of state he is in. Like It's I, definitely not gonna be an open casket. No, he's gonna have you did you watch True Blood? Uh Briefly. I did. How far did you get? I finished it. Season okay. Um, Talbot. Don't judge. No judgment. You come back as Talbot. Russell, Ed- Russell Edgington's mm-hmm. boyfriend. Husband, yeah, well, whatever. I was you thinking come, looking more like Gollum back. from Lord of the Rings, but... At, okay. You come back in whatever pieces and parts and gizzards and innards that they don't use well i mean as as your penis you're highly like, I'm good you're highly decomposed a lot of these places like go to body farms uh, i know they have one in tennessee mm-hmm. but they like Fuck you know, tennessee if you live in tennessee i love you sam has a grudge against tennessee i don't know why only the volunteers okay uh, uh i see it's sports ball football College football, to be exact. I don't watch college football. I love college football. But anyway, uh, that that's what's going on here. And a lot of the times in these medical schools, people would just dig up fresh cadavers and then sell them to these medical schools. Grave robbing. Yeah, there, there's a lot of grave robbing going on at this point in time in history. Yeah. So according to his classmate... Okay, so uh, Herman would graduate... In June of 1884 from Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery. According to his classmates, Herman was quiet and serious and a somber kind of guy. He wasn't very talkative. And though he was a little bit strange, everyone thought he was pretty harmless. Little did they know. Yeah, that's that's always how that goes with serial killers. (laughs) While in medical school, he worked under the chief anatomy instructor and even worked under Dr. Nahum White, a noted advocate of human dissection in New Hampshire. 
And it was there that Herman discovered his passion for dissecting cadavers. Around that same time, he began a life of various frauds and scams. He stole corpses, both intact and in pieces and parts, and then burned or disfigured them and then planted the bodies to make it seem like they had been in some sort of horrible accident. And he would also take out life insurance policies on these people and collected the money once the bodies were found. Yeah, because back then there was no social security. No. There wasn't any, like, fingerprint science or anything. They just had to take you at your word. Yeah. So, he was also into stealing and selling the skeletons and and cadavers and is thought to have used these bodies for his little experiments as well. He's really, like, a modern, like... The actual Frankenstein. I was literally just thinking that. Get in my head. During his last year of medical school, Herman was sued for, quote, breach of promise, which back then was quite a serious crime. A woman accused him of proposing to her, consummating their relationship, only for her to find out that he was already married. He's still married to Clara. What a hound dog. And he's got that dog in him. And if the charges were proved to be true, that would have meant that Herman wasn't wouldn't be able to graduate from medical school. It was that serious of a crime. Oh, shit. So when the case became public, many who knew Herman came to his rescue in, in ways and successfully defended him against the expulsion against the school board. Uh, once he graduated, he turned to one of his professors... Professor Herdman that came to his aid during that whole investigation and trial and whatnot Mm -hmm. and told him that the woman was telling the truth. Shit. Professor Herdman later wrote, quote, it was the first positive evidence I had received up until that time that that fellow was a scoundrel. And I told him so at that time. Later, Professor Herdman finds out that Herman actually tried to break into his house on two separate occasions. Herman's Burlington, Vermont landlady. So this is back when he was in in Vermont. She claimed that she noticed a, quote, foul stench in Herman's room coming from a, quote, dark object under the bed. Well, if we know anything from the Dahmer episode we covered last summer. Uh, Worse. Oh. Um, I forgot about this. I probably should have put a trigger warning at the beginning. Uh, so if you don't want to hear. This whole summer is a trigger warning. Yeah, but if you don't want to hear what comes next, if you're. Oh, this this whole series on all these all these guys. Is just, yeah. Because we're doing Albert Fish next. Just but, spoiler alert. But. Love him. The landlady grabbed a broom to like. You know, sweep see out. what was under there. Um, it was a dead baby. Mm. Whose dead baby? He probably dug it up. Probably. Mm. He he was, was kind of a notorious grave robber. It was a it was a dead baby. Mm. Now that yeah, that's awful. That's anyway. pretty foul. Like I said, trigger warning. It's too late for another trigger warning, but you know, just saying. Just I put that out there. 
So Herman's wife, Clara, and their son, Robert, moved back to New Hampshire before Herman's graduation in 1884 because he was mistreating Clara. So she finally was like, see ya, I'm out. Deuces. Mm -hmm. So after he graduated, Herman moved to Moores Forks, New York, which is right at like the Canada, New York, Vermont border. That's what um, I say when I forget to run the dishwasher when there's all the silverware in there. I'm like, I need more forks. So it's now an, unincor- an unincorporated town. Okay. Um, there, he landed two jobs, one as a doctor and one as a teacher. There are reports of Herman showing his students a severed foot and then later marrying a woman who went missing. I didn't ever elaborate on who she was, where she went, if we're going to see like that, that as a trend. Yeah. Around old H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. Yeah. So a Civil War veteran comes into Herman's doctor's office that he shared with another doctor named Dr. Steele. And the vet was near death from an old war wound and asked that they perform an autopsy to confirm that he did indeed die from a wound from the war so that his wife could get his military pension. When the vet Pat, like her, Herman was all for this. First off, he was like, yes, I will absolutely oh, do it right now. Wait, 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 wait. Are you I dead get, yet? I get, to, I get to cut to a body. Right? Like, all right, tingle, tingle. Um, so when the vet passes, Herman successfully located the bullet that had been lodged in this man's chest for 20 Years, because I'm fairly certain it was a musket ball at that point. I probably I don't know civil. It's it's old civil war. I don't. They call it a bullet. So yeah, I was I would say it's a probably a mus musket ball fragment. So he takes the bullet out along with some of the man's shattered ribs, and then refused to hand them over to Doctor Steele unless he paid him for them. But doc- what a piece of shit, dude. Yeah. So Dr. Steele was like, um, I already have enough evidence to prove that this man died from a war wound. So you just keep that. And as far as Dr. Steele knows, uh, Herman kept the shattered ribs from this man. Um, Herman and Dr. Steele's last interaction was Herman asking him for money for a train ticket to Chicago. Herman never repaid the debt, but he did leave behind a few things. One being a box of mementos left over from his life up until that point. Dude, I love mementos when our breath is stinking. (laughs) But he left one thing. I love how Sam like glossed over that. Yeah, I did. She's over your jokes right now. Um, He left something with the name Herman Mudget on it. Shit. Shortly after he moved, a rumor started that he'd been seen with a little boy who later was reported missing. Herman stated that the boy went back to Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and no investigation took place. And Herman just peaced out of town. He was like, see you bye. Catch you never. The next place that he would call home would be Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He landed a job as a keeper 
at Norristown State Hospital, but quit a few days later. Then he found work at a drugstore, but while he was there, a boy died from taking medicine that was purchased at the same drugstore that Herman was working at. And Herman denied any involvement and again left town shortly after. Well, this did happen a lot uh, back then and still does in the medical, like the pharmacy field. Mistakes happen. Yeah. So in 1886... Herman married a woman named Murda Belknap. Belknap? Is the case silent? I don't know. I, I don't know. Even though he was still technically married to Clara. It, so they get married in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they would go on to have a daughter. Or she was from Minneapolis. They didn't get married in Minneapolis. She was from Minneapolis. And then a few weeks into their marriage, Herman filed for divorce from Clara, saying that she cheated on him. But obviously the claims couldn't be proven because it didn't fucking happen. Um, The remaining paperwork shows that she likely never knew of the suit against her and the divorce was never finalized. Wild. Uh, Wild times back then. Also in 1886. You could just go to a different town and give a different name. I mean, fuck, we saw that with Carl Panzeram. How many yeah. times? Uh, yes. So you could literally just pick your stuff up and move to another town and start over. I know, can't do that nowadays. No. Nope. Also in 1886, Herman legally changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes, likely to hide from his insurance scams from years back. H.H. Holmes and his family soon moved to Wilmot, Illinois, but he was soon he would spend most of his time in Chicago. Once settled in, H.H. Holmes just, uh, started work at a drugstore called Holton's. At- well, so Chicago at this time had just recovered from the Great Fire. Mm-hmm. So it's become like all skyscrapers. It's basically the home of the skyscraper. That's where the first one was built with Chicago because the great fire literally cleared the land. Mm-hmm. There was nothing left there. So they built train stations and just basically modernized the entire town. So pretty cool fact. Um, like they basically had a blank canvas. Yeah. It's like a new Sims mode. Sims. Jesus. <laughs> Once settled in, so H.H. Holmes decided working at Holton's Drug Store at the southwest corner of South Wallace Avenue and West 63rd Street in Inglewood. Dr. Edward Holton also happened to have graduated from Michigan and was only a few years older than H.H. Holmes. Dr. Holden, Holton was unable to tend to the drugstore due to him having cancer. H.H. Holmes pr- proved himself to be a hard-working employee and eventually bought the place himself from Mrs. Holton when Dr. Holton was on his deathbed, despite him not being able to pay for it all at once. So they, like, set up a payment plan, essentially. And... Uh, well, he told her that he accidentally killed a lady one time, and she's like, eh, everybody's killed somebody at some who point. Who hasn't? Jesus. They, they set up a payment plan. For the drugstore. But each month, H.H. Holmes would have some new excuse as to why he didn't have the money to pay that month's payment. 
Mrs. Holton filed a lawsuit against him, but then conveniently went missing. H.H. H. Holmes told people that she had moved out to California. She went to go visit California. She loved it, and she's not coming back. Hmm. Suspicious. Hmm. No one just... just Once again, people just disappear around this guy. Yeah, conveniently. Shortly after buying the drugstore in 1887, he purchased the lot of land across from it, where he began construction for a two-story quote, mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor and storefronts on the first floor, which included a new drugstore. Yeah, so basically what he did is sold the old drugstore. Mm -hmm. But when the guy bought it, it was packed to the brim with all the stuff and fixtures and everything. And the guy went to go get his family, didn't really look at the contract. He goes and gets his family, comes back to the old drugstore, or the drugstore he just bought, and it was gutted. Everything was gone. And then a couple weeks later, Holmes unveils the new drugstore across the street with all the shit that was in it. And that guy was like, like, just a total fuck ass. So, in 1888, H.H. Holmes declined to pay the contractors... So they, of course, sued him, as they should. The, but the construction continued on the building anyway, which I find weird, but whatever. Well, I'm sure he would fire and hire well, contract. I'm getting there. Okay. During, the during this time, he had hired and fired a multitude of construction teams for two reasons. My bad. <laughs> I jumped the gun. One, so that no one would have a clear idea as to what exactly H.H. Holmes was doing. And two, so he could claim bad workmanship and refuse to pay for services. It was later determined that he never paid one red cent for any of the work that was done for this building. Absolutely not. Shoot you in the knee. Goodbye, Right? You're doing this in... Well, I guess this is before Mob. Mob shit. I mean, there's there's still crime, like... Yeah, but it's not, like... Organized, no. Yeah, no. It's disorganized crime now. So, after this two-story building was finished, H.H. Holmes began to do his own renovations to the building. And those renovations included secret passages, false walls, dummy elevator shafts, trap doors, a basement crematorium, and then eventually a third floor with hotel-like rooms to house the World's Fair attendees. And that is where we'll pick up next episode uh, now that he has built his House of Horrors. Ooh, the House of Horrors. So, I mean... Is that where you get the HH from? Horror House Yeah, Holmes. Horror House. Horror House Holmes. <laughs> Jesus. I, I crack myself up. I know you do. I when did it. this turn into a whore house? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm shocked he didn't like try to run a brothel or some shit. I know. I'm kind of disappointed. Like, you would think. 
Well, let's get a Ouija board and let's tell them that we're disappointed in them. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, that's the last ghost I want in my house. Thank you. <laughs> that would be so funny to like get there on a Ouija board and like insult like serial killers on what they did wrong. Sam, I would have fun with that. See, look, you're coming there. You're driving with me. You get it. Yeah, but if, they, if only we could guarantee that I could be like, hey, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Uh, not not in this house. No, no, sir. No, I would no, but that no, I wouldn't do that. But like, if I could guarantee, I could talk. It would like verified. Just gonna shit talk them. I I would I would one thousand percent shit talk serial killers. Yeah, they're gonna haunt the shit out of you. They're gonna shit talk the serial killers. Absolutely, I would. Well, at least we know you're not Gacy's or Dahmer's type, or Panzerams for that matter. No, no. But yeah, we will uh, we will pick this up next week with the continuation of the story of H. H. Holmes. We we covered the light stuff this week. We got all the fluffies and niceties out of the way. Yeah, we, this, it's gonna get real it's time to get fucking dark, dark and twisty after the if the dead baby under a bed wasn't dark enough, it's gonna get a lot yeah, more fucked up. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. But this is a little like bit shorter that. episode. But uh, we'll make up for it next week. We yeah. jammed up two tonight. so. But we love you guys, and we will see you next Friday. Stay spooky. Stay creepy. Stay safe.